Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Kamara. Welcome to the most important news source in the world. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, esteemed journalist. My broadcast partner with many, many years of experience in bringing you the news, Chris Sinzak. You're so kind. We are professional grade. We are? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm glad to know that. Because today we're bringing you the news. Yeah. Bringing back new noise. It's kind of cool, you know. We do the new noise episodes. We kind of, we did the uh, the live act episode, you know, and we, a lot of the feedback we got was we like it when you guys talk the whole time. Yeah, so we're going to do that again. So we're going to do that today. We're going to do the new noise. We got all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. We... Had a really awesome concert experience just the other night. We're going to tell you all about that and a whole lot more. But before we get into all that, you know we've got to take care of our business. And today, I am hoping and praying that we've got some reviews. <laughs> me so too. let me open this bad boy up and see what we got. And oh my goodness, we've got reviews, my friend. It's about freaking time. Whew. All right. Thank goodness. I was scared there for a minute. All right. This is the first one. It comes to us from Podchaser. comes to us from Rush 5150. All five stars are there. We're off to a good start. It goes a little something like this. Okay. Tired of Aaron being sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third review. One for iTunes, one for Facebook, and one here. Maybe this time I won't have a spelling error like on the iTunes. You guys are awesome, and one of my favorite podcast mentors, along with the Combat Rock and Metal podcast. Keep pushing on, brothers. And yes, that was an REO Speedwagon reference. (laughs) All right. Heavier side of REO Speedwagon coming up in the future? I don't know about all that. (laughs) Never know. I guess, man. Anything's possible. That's true. That's cool, man. Thank you for that. 
Hot chaser. All right. We've got one here. It's a recommendation on Facebook. It comes to us from our good friend Brian Murphy. I've been listening to this since episode four was posted. A fantastic podcast. Lots of fun to listen to. Very informed hosts. They know they're rock and metal. And best of all, they look for new bands and artists to spotlight. That's sweet Very right cool. there. That's the way it does. It's done. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Very cool. I'm so happy to have recommendations and reviews. Again. Yeah, let's keep them coming. If you enjoy the show, it means a lot to us to hear from you on iTunes, Podchaser, and Facebook. And It's not yeah. fair for the one guy to have to carry the whole load and leave ten different reviews in three different places. Yeah, and if, if, even if you've been listening for a while, like Brian Murphy's been listening since episode four. That's I mean, cool. that, that's awesome. So yeah, if you've been listening a long time you haven't done it, just go on there and, and leave one. It's great. Right on. So then we got our other favorite people, the people that shared and retweeted last week's episode, the return of Radio Sucks Radio Show. A lot of good feedback on that. People yeah, man. Like, I had like fun with that. Of songs. I, I was really happy with how it turned out. Okay, well, there was, we had a little issue with this okay. because um, I think I have to blame Dave Shirt, who's like one of our most ardent supporters. Um, he shared it like, I don't know how many times. Like, 90 times or something crazy like that. So so Facebook only, for some reason, cuts off what I can see as far as the shares. I know a lot of you shared it. That guy's a machine, literally. So the, the, the Facebook list is very, how do they say, truncated. Um, so we have, and, I'll, and I have a few on Twitter. So Dave Shirt, Ace Scoble, Eric Paul Desfew, Desfoe, Jason Bluski, Ernesto Aguiar, Robin, The Hood, Cobras and Fire, Reese Lett, Tom Smoke, Eladio, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Mercury Arc, and of course, the Mooger Fuger. That came up a lot quicker than I expected. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Dave Shirt broke Facebook, apparently. That's cool, man. We appreciate everybody that takes the time to get out there and let the world know about what we got going on here. We have so much fun bringing you guys this show. And one of the things we love so much about it is the community that it's kind of created over these past eight years. And, you know, the great example of that community is our Facebook page. You know, you just go on Facebook and like that. And then you get in on all the conversation. There's so much fun stuff going on in there. And then it's it's all these people, you know, all these mm-hmm. people from all over the world, different walks of life that have the one thing in common, the love of hard rock and heavy metal, just like us. And they love this show. And we we're able to kind of bring all these people together. And that's that's great, you know, mm-hmm. so we want to keep that going. And by getting out there and sharing, retweeting, leaving reviews and recommendations, you know, you're doing your part to continue to grow the community. There's people out there still that don't know about the Decibel Geek podcast. As hard as that is to believe. It's hard, yeah. I know. <laughs> Let's get the word out. Yeah, so uh, so we ready to talk a little music news? And Should, well, yeah. or do we want to get into the Ace Show review first? Oh, man, that's all I've been thinking about. Yeah, so uh, let's do that on the top here. Okay, well, no, because the number one news story in the whole wide world, because we are the number one news source in the world, we have to start it out like this. The number one news story, Ozzy Osbourne is not going to die. Oh, that's good news. Ever. Ever? (laughs) Ever. He's immortal. And you freeze him in carbonite or something? No, he's just going to live forever. Ozzy Osbourne cannot die. You can throw him down the stairs. Mm-hmm. You can give him the flu. You can he can snort ants. He, whatever. You know, nothing can kill Ozzy. The last two people on earth are going to be Keith Richards and Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. And then Ozzy's <laughs> going to have to kill Keith. And right. <laughs> and then snort his ashes. Of course. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it sounds like he's on the men. That's great. I love it. That's great news. Yeah. I don't want to imagine a world without Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, that would be a sad day. 
Because, I mean, everybody knows I love Kiss, I love Ace Frehley, mm-hmm. but my number two is always going to be Sabbath slash Ozzy. Yeah. You know, because I came up on, on Sabbath when I was a little bitty kid mm-hmm. and then discovered Ozzy when I was a little bit older. And between Kiss and Ozzy, those have always been, like, some of the constants in my life. I know we did the other Sabbath episode and we did the Dio stuff, but we've never really done any Ozzy solo episodes devoted to him or any, um, or like, early Sabbath episodes. We need to change that, we man. Should, that, Cause that's some of the best music ever, ever created. Should add that for the agenda this year, for sure. Sooner than later, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Maybe next week. <clears throat> next week, okay. yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Sounds like a great idea to me. Cool. Sorry. So, where do you want to go? Uh, let's see. As he's doing good, I guess now we can talk about the Ace Show okay. because we talked about it last week that we were excited to go, and mm-hmm. now is the afterglow of all that because right. we have went and have returned. Yeah, and. I expected it to be an entertaining show because, I, I mean, I the, our friends are playing in the band and we know how good yeah. they are and they tend to raise the game for the people they're backing. And Oh, totally. Um, but this this blew my expectations completely out of the water. I oh, mean, yeah. I, it, it's the best Ace concert I've ever been to. You know, it's one of them things I was thinking about. Ace Fraley always surrounds himself with great musicians, like even all the way back to the Fraley's Comet. You know, that was a top-notch band. <laughs> and then... When he came back with Anomaly, he mm-hmm. had the great band with Derek Hawkins mm-hmm. and Brian Espinito. And, uh, oh shit, what was the drummer's name? Was it still Scott Coogan at that time? Scott Coogan. Yeah. The drummer, yeah. And that was a great band, too. And now he's got Matt Starr and Ryan Cook mm-hmm. and uh, Jeremy Asbrock and Phil Schultz. Oh, man, it's hard to to pick which one's the best, but I got to agree. This is the best uh, Ace concert I ever saw. Yeah, it was the band was incredibly tight, and uh, Ace was really on it. Like I think, yeah, he was. He, it was most probably the most fluid performance I've seen of him live, where he he was nailing pretty much every solo, and like there just wasn't it. There wasn't really a down period in the show. All the, every song came off really well. Yeah. Boy, the one thing that I really really took away from that show mm-hmm. is how much having Ace Frehley on guitar gives to those kiss songs mm-hmm. in a live environment you know if you're talking about kiss versus ace fraley because that was a big conversation yeah. after that show that night with a lot of people that i was around and i was listening to all kinds of people and their different opinions mm-hmm. and you know there was some people down there that night that i would never expect to hear this from mm-hmm. that said wow this was better than kiss it was better than kiss so you look at it from like a a show you know perspective with the explosions and the bombs and the big production, all that, it's uh-huh. Kiss all day long. If you want to talk about the music and mm-hmm. the songs, yeah. oh man, Kiss is not touching what Ace Frehley's doing right now. Not from what we saw, and I mean, it with it was minimal lighting, just no right? no pyro or anything. No, but you didn't need it. I mean, because it's like you know, I said when we left the Kiss show a few weeks ago, it was a great show, it was well well choreographed product produced tons of pyro i mean it's a good show yeah but uh but i didn't really have that that magical feeling i used to get after leaving a kiss show that changed with the a show because like i I agree i just you just felt feel elated after seeing such a great set of songs i don't know i felt pretty good after the kiss show too but i enjoyed the kiss show i'm not saying it was bad right just it didn't kind of. It didn't take me back to feeling like a, like the early days like when I was kid. a kid. Yeah, no, and I the A show did that. do that because the songs were just. They just had so much life to them, you know. Yes. There was just sort of a. There was like I feel like Ace was kind of, and I'm not saying Kiss isn't good without Ace. They still are, but 
Ace was just kind of the soul of that that music, right. you know. And you could like really you say, hear Kiss it. Kiss isn't bad without him, no. But man, they would sure be a lot better with. I him. would love it if he was back in the. I mean, I, I think he, you know, he did a good full two hour set. I mean, like Paul Stanley saying Ace isn't up to the task. I'm sorry, Paul, you're wrong. Totally he, wrong. I mean, he he played phenomenal. Yes. Oh man. Strange ways even nailed the solo to Strange Ways, which was basically recorded backwards to start with, and he still pulled it off live. On that guitar man, he hasn't missed a step. Solo for hard times. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean and then and let's not forget the other star of the show was the freaking crowd. Oh I mean, yeah. Everyone was singing along to every single song. It, it was, was amazing. It was such a cool feeling to be in a place where, you know, for me especially, I'm seeing my dude, my favorite mm-hmm. guy, you know, my favorite band and hearing my favorite songs and the whole place is just as excited to hear this stuff as I am. Yeah, it was it was a great night and then the set list was amazing. I mean, you played yep. Rock Soldiers. Yeah, that was cool. And uh and you know, he did some solo stuff. I mean, he mostly stuck to the Kiss stuff and I was kind of whining about that before, but then it was almost like after seeing Kiss a few weeks ago, it was almost like Ace's answer to, well, here's how the song should sound. Right. Um and and yeah, like, you know, I think Kiss played Cold Gin a few weeks ago, but like when Ace did it it just sort of kicked its ass um, yeah it did and i know we're not supposed to make them in the competition with each other but you know it's kind of hard not that's to compare the it's them. always been you know yeah. that's the way kiss fans are and we're no different and it just always seems to line up that way like you know just like back in the day when hot in the shade and trouble walking came out right around that same time yeah. you know right in the time when you know that kind of stuff was important where people would go Oh, you know, Kiss is selling more. Yeah, but Trouble Walking's a way better album. You know, there's always been that competition, and Mm -hmm. throughout the years, they've fed right into that just as much as anybody else. Sure, but yeah, it was uh, my the highlight, which was for me, was Cold Gin because, and that's the song that really kind of made me a Kiss fan. But the way they got it, and by that, this was like maybe five or six songs into the set list, and the crowd was just amped up, and and they were so into it that. None of the guys in the band would even bothered singing because the crowd was so overwhelmingly loud. They just sang the whole damn thing. It was uh, it was it, one of the best sing along concerts. It, it really I've was. Two thousand man had a huge sing along yeah. going too. It was it was magical. It really was. And I you know and I'm everybody knows me. I'm 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 very glass half empty person, and, and I'm willing to critique things. But I couldn't find really anything to critique with this show. It was it was all great. Did Ace have a guitar malfunction for Shock Me? In the solo, it seemed like the guitar smoked like right off the bat, but then it didn't. Really yeah, it didn't smoke really much s- later nah. during the solo. Yeah, uh, yeah, there, that wasn't really a giant feature like it usually is. Yeah, but his solo was great too. Oh man, the solo was fantastic. Yeah, man, that guy's got it. He's never lost it. Mm-mm. He's another one. He's going to live forever. Ace <laughs> Frehley, Keith Richards, and Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, hell yeah. The last three men on earth. I'd be okay with that. Right. But yeah, it was uh yeah, great night. Uh if you get a shot to see this band, uh definitely do it cuz it's totally it. worth your time. Well, I guess you want to use that to to kind of segue into some more Kiss news. Yeah, sure. Paul Stanley's got that new book out. <laughs> yeah. Read some like in, uh snippets. Yeah, I read yeah. some snippets online about some of the things he said about it. Some of the things he said about Ace and Peter and stuff like that, but I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I'm sure he said nothing but glowing things about Ace and Peter, right? Um, no, not exactly. <laughs> not so bad about Ace. A little harsher on Peter. As always. But that's the story. It's they always been the story. truly don't like each other. Yeah. The only thing is, like, 
yeah, I saw the the excerpt about Peter. You know, Peter's always been a negative person. He's miserable and blah blah. He's not nice to hotel staff. Yeah, but it's just like I don't. It's just one of those things where it's like, haven't you bashed the guy enough, Paul? I mean, like it, it, the man hasn't really said anything publicly in years, and. I don't know. He's just he's happily retired. There's a more diplomatic way of going about things, right? But I guess that's the response to when you get an ace Peter back. When you get an ace Peter back. When you get an ace. Yeah, Peter I back. guess. I think there's yeah, there's a chip on his shoulder over that. I guess. But that's just like God. Just let the guy live in his retirement. Quit taking shots at him. It's just it's well way past the point. He hasn't worked with you in almost two decades now. Yeah. Just drop it. But famous people that got some money being not cool to the hotel staff. That's not all right either. Oh, I'm not saying Peter was ever easy to deal with. I'm sure he. I'm sure a lot of what Paul says is true about him. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, are we ready to move on yet or not? But I don't understand the. You know, it sounds like, he, and I've started listening to the audio version that somebody in the podcasting world was nice enough to send to me, and uh, and I'm listening to it, and it's it kind of vacillates between. You know, a little bit of kiss discussion, but then these a lot of these really cliched self-help type things yeah you know about how you know paul was the inspiration it was a lot of like i was bullied and a lot of my childhood was miserable and like it just which he hits a lot of that in the first book it's it's kind of like i don't i'm not really totally sure what the what purpose this book serves because it sounds like he's rehashing a lot of stuff well yeah money for sure releasing it and knowing the kiss fans will buy it yeah it doesn't matter really what's in it if you've heard the stories before as long as you buy it before you figure that out but i'm just you know paul was kind of my favorite member growing up but like he's He's definitely become my least favorite member. Well, next to somebody else we'll talk about. Um, but uh, but he, who that could be. he's he's become probably my face least favorite member of the band, and just I don't know. He just for somebody who always claims that he's risen above and he doesn't hold grudges and he's happier than he's ever been, but then he goes on and then on the same token he'll go and slam other people and find always ways to blame other people it's just like well clearly you're not as in good of a place as you used to be but true i don't know i guess i missed the paul stanley that was pr friendly in the in the 80s that i had the right answers for every question but otherwise too you know those are the little quotes that the blabber molds are going to run with you know and you know them's going to sell some more books yeah but but you and i both know we've talked to plenty of people that have worked behind the scenes and and this is not there's three looks you're going to get exactly here, Chris, and i'm going to tell you the first one is i need a different microphone yeah number two is go grab me in the a water out of the fridge in the kitchen All right and number three is i better not see you after the podcast right. is done being recorded no, i'm not your tech you see my aura yeah it's purple <laughs> Sure. Well, we just heard so much behind, and like I've, I've over the years doing this show. I mean, I've kind of learned that all four guys. There's a lot of things that I don't like about all four of them, but it just proves that everyone's human. Sure, everyone's got faults. Um, Ace was certainly no easy person to deal with. His work ethic sucked for a long time. Yeah. Peter whined all the time. Gene could be brutish and an asshole behind the scenes to people. But, you know, I guess because when you get into the band, you think they're like perfect people. You think they're just superheroes. It's it's what you envision in your mind when you're sitting there as a kid listening to the records versus what people really are. And that's what they are, people. Yeah, which, I mean, there's times with doing this show where I'm like, "Eh, sometimes I wish I didn't know as much as I do because we've learned so many behind-the-scenes stories (laughs) through doing this show. Oh, man, just to have that kiss ignorance back as the youth. Yeah, I mean, for real, back when you just you'd get everything from Metal Edge, Hit Parade, or Circus. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so it's kind kiss of, you know. exposed. That's totally how Kiss lives. <laughs> yeah, 
Paul Stanley with his rock and roll a night doorbell, mm-hmm. and Gene with his uh, female heads on the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. The Me Too movement wouldn't real. take kind to that today, would they? <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. But Paul's got a book out. Um, let us know what you think if you've read it. I'd, I'd be interested to hear some conflicting uh, reviews on that from yeah, what I've had sure. to say about it. It's it's a it's just it's another product, just like Gene did his. Uh, what was it, the Me Inc. or whatever that just came out, or On Power? He's got all these. What is that? Know, they're like business advice books. So I, I never bothered to read those either. Huh? But you know, they're for, if you you're should. if you're a Kiss fan, Kiss completist, then you'll want to pick those up. I'm sure. Or if you're a business person, yeah. you know, I can't imagine business advice from Gene Simmons could be that bad. Well, first you meet Bill Coin and have him put everything on his credit card and then you get famous. <laughs> All you need is a bill of coin. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting stuff. Uh but yeah, I mean, good for Paul. At least I don't know. At least these guys are still working, I guess. It's it's it's, it's good for something. But I'm ready to see you know, concert footage, audio, like open the vaults up. Yes. I'm ready for that. There are some cool uh photos that came out of Paul's book that have been on the net this week. Did you see those? No. There's a couple of pictures. Stuff never seen before. Yeah, there's oh, like nice. like you may, like the first press kit photo they had where their makeup is very amateur, basically. Right. Where they're all kind of just sitting together, their heads are together. Two photos from that shooter in Paul's book, and those got put out, and they're right they're on. really interesting. And they were taken. Uh, it's them sitting at a park across the street from the loft that they rehearsed in, and it was called Madison Square Park. That's pretty cool. So those are I'll those are really out. interesting. So there's and then also I always p- love it when I see old pictures yeah. of bands, you know, that you'd never seen before. Like I saw one this week with Ozzy on a raft. Oh really? I was like, what the hell is this? It sure is awesome though, because it's like from the seventies, right. huh? And then there's one with uh, it's a photo of Paul Stanley's taxi driver license from the seventies. Oh wow! He's, you know, he's got a, a mustache and like mutton chop sideburns, and yeah. it says Stanley Burt Eisen on the uh, on the license. Wow. It was like, it expires 1974. Wicked Lester on the bumper sticker. Yeah, pretty much. That's cool, man. Yeah. So we filled our kiss quota for the day. Well, no, not quite. Or because we, uh, we had a little conversation with somebody that we haven't talked to in a while the other night at the Ace Fraley show that's sort of kiss related. I saw you over there talking to Randy, the former yeah. manager. Of Vinny Vincent, I did. I was I was not expecting to see him that night, but no. uh, there he was, and yeah, and we had a little discussion. And I'll, if you're a Patreon VIP, we'll we'll share that with you on there. I'll share the details of what we talked about. Um, oh yeah, because that'll fit in perfectly on Torpedo Dudes. That's right. But Our yeah, this podcast. There's a. Uh, I want to say nothing earth shattering, but there's there is one interesting thing in there that you'll probably want to pick up. That's cool. Well, yeah. if you're not a VIP, just head on over to Patreon.com. Look up Decibel Geek. There's all different levels of commitment for you. Mm-hmm. What you want is the one that gets you the Chris and Aaron show yeah. and the one that gets you Torpedo Dudes. That's our KISS podcast. Yeah, a lot so of extra content. Especially want those things, but there's a bunch of other stuff you can get in on, on there, too. But, yeah, get those shows because they're two extra podcasts mm-hmm. that you get all the time from us. Yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff there and so, a lot okay, of behind-the-scenes talk for sure. I guess we'll talk about that on the Torpedo Dudes then. So become a subscriber and a supporter of Decibel Geek on Patreon. Mm-hmm. But we should well, talk right, well, about what about what about Vinny on Mitch? I yeah. haven't had a chance to listen to that, and you kind of mentioned it to me, but I was yeah. going to ask you about it while we were recording. How did that go? 
Oh, well, so, so Vinny Vincent was on Mitch LaFon's podcast the other day. And, and this was like a current like yeah. interview like nowadays? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know he was given anymore. I, he gave one to Mitch. After the Decibel Geek fiasco. Yeah, no kidding. That actually went pretty I, well. I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound very familiar to you as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mitch did his interview. Um, n- not really a lot of hard-hitting questions on this, but then again, at the same time, I think he got out of Vinny what he could get out of him. Because um, I think if you with Vinny Vincent, I think if you tried to really put the, the nails to him and, and get a real hardcore question in, he'd probably just hang up on you. He'd insult yeah. you and hang up on you. So I don't uh, begrudge Mitch at going with his the way he did. He did let Vinny basically just monologue and ramble, which we had to do the same thing because once he gets going, he just goes. Right. So we It was d- a little easier for us, though, I think because we were talking about music right. and not anything else, really. I think that helped kind of – we were able to rein him in a little bit more. But And I'm not – you know, saying we're but we are better. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, just my opinion. Well, okay, um, it's called right. confidence. Um, I like that. But no, he got there was he did get some interesting stuff out of Vinny um, about his pre kiss days. Like there was some interesting talk about him working with Laura Nero, or, uh, working with Dan Hartman, yeah. with the Winter Brothers. So if you're in, into that that era of his career, he had some interesting stories, and I do think Vinny was being honest about those stories. And it was nothing that seemed really truly really exaggerated. But like, so most of the interview was kind of softball stuff, and then um, at the very end, he got into talking about the canceled shows in Memphis and Nashville. I was going to say, I know Mitch had to at least. Well, ask it's funny them, they wrapped up. Actually, going to do this well, show? Yeah, they because they wrapped up the the interview, and it sounded like they were throwing to the end. And then he goes, and then Mitch comes back on and goes, "Well, I had to." I had to get this in, Vinny. Thanks for getting back on the phone with me. And then he asked him about it. So kind of like that. Honestly, that, I would have led with that. Yeah. Personally, I'd be like, you know, the big question everyone wants to know is what happened. Well, I guess maybe you get to the very end. You know, you like you said, you know, you got you got to walk that fine line when you're asking <laughs> like, you questions. Can. You know, you don't want to blow it right off the bat. That's true. So maybe so that's why you that. Maybe it was one of those things that right at the very end, you think, should I ask it? Should I got to ask it? I got to ask it. Right. And then ask and then be like, yes. But here's it. here's the, the thing. Essentially. Vinny couldn't finger point, but he kind of finger pointed in between the lines to basically blame Derek, the promoter, for the entire fiasco with the Nashville shows. Does that sound familiar? Um, yeah. But uh, it's basically, he's like, I was ready to do the shows. It wasn't my call to cancel stuff. You can talk to my lawyer, and he'll back me up on this. And But he's like said that they basically worked out a settlement between Derek and Vinny that worked for both of them to end it. And, you know, and then he started talking about this speedball jam thing he's doing in June. Instead of saying, you know, I'm sorry to the people that have lost money on hotels and flights, even if he wanted to avoid blame, he could have still said, you know, my sincere apologies right. to, for what you guys have gone through. And I'm sorry for that. No, not a single. But basically, if you don't believe I'm going to go through with shows and you question my ability or anything, then you're a fucking moron. Go fuck yourself. Oh, wow. That's what that was the, the route he took. Wow. Yeah, no uh, no accountability at all. So you don't say, I know that there's been some hiccups along the way that are beyond my control, you know, and I'm really, really sorry no, to my fans. No apology. Who've gone through these difficulties, but let me tell you something. Coming up in Nashville, I will be there and I will be rocking and I'm gonna make a video right now to prove it to you. Here, check this out. Yeah, that's where you need to listen to our VIP thing because there's an interesting thing about the video idea. But yeah. um, but uh and can he play still? 
but just the act of of telling people that doubt him to go fuck themselves. Yeah, that's weird. I literally gave my phone the finger when he said that. I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck you!" Oh, fuck you, Vinny. It just it, it really pissed me off because it's like you know how many say. good people have lost money on yeah. this guy. Even if you don't think it's your fault, so, you need to be at least considerate about. So basically, that. let me put put myself in the shoes of somebody that we know very well and care deeply about. Mm-hmm. And I've gone and I bought tickets to you know Memphis mm-hmm. and got my hotel room and the air flight and all that stuff, and it all fell through, and I lost a bunch of money on the deal. Oh, and then I I, I buy another ticket. I buy <laughs> another ticket to Nashville, you know, mm-hmm. and then I I got my room and my airfare and all that set up for that. Oh, and that falls through. Yeah. So I lose money on that deal. So now for the third time in right. Nashville, if I'm feeling a little apprehensive, the best thing that Vinnie Vincent can give me to feel good about throwing down what three hundred bucks, three hundred dollars, three hundred bucks for a ticket Ridiculous. to see him play as the third try. Yeah. Now if I'm feeling apprehensive about that, the best thing he can tell me is to go fuck myself, and I'm a moron. <laughs> right. I guess I am if I buy this ticket. Yeah. It's baffling. Everybody wondered why he doesn't succeed. Well, this is why. Wow. I mean, he's just... It's just ridiculous. I mean, to be to treat the few people you have left like that, or and I mean, I know he's probably coming from the viewpoint of people that are bashing him and whatnot. Right. But there's but a lot still. of people that you know that have been burned that believed in this guy, and and you know now he's expecting them to try it again. I mean, come on, man. Don't. I mean, having that attitude it just makes you look worse. It does. You know, and it makes your fans feel bad about believing in you. I yeah. think you know, and it's not a big deal to me. I wouldn't go well, across the street to see this guy play. But kind of because. We a while back were sort of in that same situation. Oh, sure, I used where, to be. Where we really wanted to see Vinnie Vincent do something fantastic and yeah. make the big return that we'd all hoped for, and then we saw what everybody else had told us all along. Mm-hmm. And it just takes different stages for different people. But I mean, I guess in the words of Vinnie Vincent, because we believed in him at one time, mm-hmm. we should go fuck ourselves because we're morons. Okay, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I just, like I just talking about Vinnie Vincent to bring the whole vibe yeah, of the whole I know. party I, down. I just, you know, I, like one of my friends was like, you know, it's really like Stockholm syndrome. As much as you don't like the guy, you want him to succeed. And I was like, not me. I just want him to stop ripping people off. Yeah, at or this point, people yeah. getting ripped off because of actions that have been involving him. I just, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, either either deliver on what you promise or just go the fuck away. Yeah, that's my much. that's my point on it. All right. But so anyway, now, yeah. are we done with the kiss talk? Sure. Because you got to remember, not everybody that listens to Decibel Geek mm-hmm. are kiss nerds like us. Alex, we know who it's, you are. It's tough for some people. <laughs> so we're trying to knock that out out of the way right away. <laughs> hey, did I tell you, Ozzy's feeling better? You did. Ah, woo! That's awesome. <laughs> what else we got? Um, have you heard the new Wild Hearts song? I did. I've heard the whole album. Have you? Yeah. Oh, nice. It's, it, was, it came out Friday. I only saw the video for the new song, and let me tell you, that video is freaking disturbing. I haven't seen the video yet. Oh, man. Let me warn you. Which song is the video for? Don't watch it in front of your kids. <laughs> it's called Let Them Go. Oh, yeah. Let em, that's probably my favorite song on it's the It's a good song. Yeah. I like the song a lot, but I'm watching the video going, this is the stuff nightmares are made out of. Yeah. It's just it's that brutal. Bad, huh? It's brutal. Huh. Don't say I didn't warn you. Yeah, I'm happy there's a new record. It's been way too long. Shoot, yeah. What do you got? You got any news? Yeah, <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. Um, then I saw this on good old Blabbermouth. Ex-Queensryche singer Jeff Tate can be your personal chauffeur on the Rock and Wine Tour through France and Germany. Hmm. Rock and Wine. Jeff Tate? Yeah, says... 
Backstage Pass Travel, whose mission is to bring a different experience of travels, offering fans an opportunity to accompany Jeff Tate on a road trip starting on October 20th in Paris and going to Bordeaux to drink in a beautiful chateau and continuing oh. to a few medieval castles and cities. So he's not actually driving nope. the car as his Jeff, chauffeur. <laughs> Jeff drives one van with oh, guests what? while you relax, reads a post. That's crazy. So I'm going to get in a van, and Jeff Tate's going to drive me from Vinery to Vinery? Is that right? Vineyard. Vineyard. <laughs> Vinery. I'm not a big wine drinker. Uh, it says a couple of years ago, Tate told Antihero Magazine that he loves to travel. I get to meet interesting people and have wonderful conversations with people. I get to go to amazing restaurants and visit historical sites. I'm pretty blessed, and I feel very fortunate. I think that I would just like to keep continuing on doing those things for the rest of my life, really. I mean, it's got to be pretty cool for him, right? You're getting paid to drive around, and the people that you're getting paid to hang out with just kiss your butt all day. Well, I and the drunker on wine they get, the more they love your band. I'm I'm already picturing Baco and Loose Cannon covering this on Cobras <laughs> and Fire because Jeff Tate driving you on a wine tour through Europe. Uh-huh. Um, the jokes just write themselves. So, stop stop yeah. buying us beer and start contributing to our fundraiser so we can go to yeah. Europe. And heckle Jeff Tate while he drives us. Wow. That would be the greatest podcast ever. But you better behave or you might get stabbed. Yeah? Yeah, because he likes to stab people. You know, Remember what happened in uh, South America with Queensryche? No. Yeah, he tried to stab one of the other band members. Really? Yeah, that's part of why he got, he's not in the band anymore. He freaked out. I guess that would do it. He thought they were going to fire him, so he like attacked one of them. I think it was the drummer. Holy shit. Yeah. I did not know that. But yeah, so Jeff Tate is a, a, a man of elegant taste and class, apparently. And murder. And murder. So, yeah. so <laughs> That's wild. And Queensryche continues to tour. I guess if you were in Europe and you had the money, because mm-hmm. it can't be cheap. No, I'm sure it's. I don't know if it has a price in here. That we should. That's probably the most important. But you thing. love Queensryche and you also love wine, but you don't like drinking and driving. I could see that as being worth something. Let's see to what the it, right person. Let's see what the cost is. I wonder if on days he's not scheduled, if he just drives for people that have no idea who he is. <laughs> He's like a Lyft driver. Well, no, he still works for the same company, and people still go on the wine tours, but they just don't know the guy driving them was once the lead singer of Queensryche. They don't even know who Queensryche is. They just love wine. And then he educates you. And he gets paid a little less on the days they're not there paying for the Jeff Tate wine drinking experience. It looks like it's $2,000. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, $2,000. I guess, like I said, to the right person, that's something. If you're a that, giant Queensryche know, fan or a giant wine or and a wine drinker, I could see it being fun. But and happen to be in Europe, that'd be something to do. It's kind of the. It is kind of sad though, because it's kind of a state on how much money music is making these days, isn't it? Right. Where he's got to end up doing this for money. But it doesn't seem that bad. No, it's not that bad. But it's just like it seems know, in the eighties, cool. like, that'd be a great job. He wouldn't have any need to do this. He could just go do a oh, wine no. tasting or whatever on his own. He doesn't need to drive people around. But what if in the eighties, if he'd have known that there was something like that where he could make two thousand dollars a day? Yeah, maybe. Would he have quit Queensrÿche and gone and done this the way he's talking about it? it almost sounds like he would have. Possible. I don't know. You know, life on the road is tough. Drive you crazy. Make you want to stab people. Yeah. You know, the peace and quiet of the European countryside as I drive from well, the, uh, vineyard. The South American vineyard. wine tour is a lot more dangerous, apparently. 
that's not why it's senior are. <laughs> yeah, you have to pay extra to get killed. <laughs> but uh, Baco loose cannon, you know what to do. I look forward to yeah. what you have to say. Oh, about I can't this. wait to hear it. <laughs> what else you got on your list? I seen that Corey Taylor was doing a show in Iowa, and he did a cover of Poison's "Nothing But a Good Time." Well, you know he's. He, people try to kind of paint him into a corner with the Slipknot thing, but right. like he really is an appreciator of a lot of eras of rock music. So that's true. I it doesn't really surprise me that he did. I'd that. be way more impressed if that said Slipknot does a cover of Nothing But a Good Time. Oh, what the fuck would that sound? Like? I don't know, but it'd be great. <laughs> with like four different drum parts going on at the same time. <laughs> Ricky Rocket would be like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Uh huh. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I know he did a he did a club show in I think in Illinois a few years ago that I think what he did fucking shit ass by LSD on stage. Oh, nice. Yeah, I That's think that awesome. was what he did. Or uh, I don't know. So are these just Corey Taylor shows? Like, yeah, I what's... think he does solo gigs now. Okay, so he plays a little bit like Stone Sour stuff and. A lot of covers, I guess. Yeah, a lot of yeah. Covers. That's pretty cool, too. He, you know, speaking of blabbermouth, he's like one of their favorite people. Like, he, he doesn't matter what he says, it's going to be a blabbermouth headline. Yeah. So he's he's like the poster boy for blabbermouth right now. He's kind of like the heavy metal Dave Grohl, because, you know, Dave Grohl pops up everywhere for rock and roll. Sure. Corey Taylor's the kind of the metal version of that. Hmm. He's just everywhere. He's got a TMZ <laughs> correspondent on him at all times. Right. You want to talk a little bit about the Expo? I have a news story that ties into it a little bit. You got anything new to tell us about the Expo? I guess let's run through everything about the Expo. Okay, Rock and Pod Expo, Friday, uh, August 9th. We have a pre-party concert with the Rock and Roll Residency. Eight Ball from basically Nashville area and also Lipstick Generation. So all three pretty much local bands. You guys know Lipstick Generation because uh, Greg Troyan was Mm -hmm. on the show with us not too long ago and he did the... uh, then Lizzie episode yep. with us, and we played that awesome song, The Flash, mm-hmm. for you. And yep. so his stuff is out there to check out. You know, look up Lipstick or Lipstick Generation. Yep. And uh, yeah, dig it. And he's a podcaster, awesome. too. So. That's right. Great, check out his show. Yeah, the Lipstick Panel is a great show. We've and, been on it. Yeah, we have. And uh, so that's going to be the show. Um, if you're a podca- music podcaster and you want to register to be a podcaster at a certain level, you can get access to a um podcaster mixer that's going to happen before the pre-party concert on friday is that where we all drink mixed drinks yeah kind of okay yeah. cool and we, and we just talk about stuff or it's just gonna be a big mixing board and we're all gonna play around with it um <laughs> so that's friday um that'll go into late into the night and then saturday is the rock and pod expo which will open to early bird admission at 10 a.m and then 11 o'clock to everyone else and Boy, we got we got a lot going on. So, um, so I just opened up the website here, and there's all kinds of stuff going on here. It's got the list of let's see the podcasters. Let's look at that first. Okay, you can tell it's an awesome website because it takes forever to open. It's uh, <laughs> fast on my phone. So, who do we got announced already for this? Oh, this is just to show you how to do it. There's a section. All right. So, of course, Decibel Geek Podcast is going to be there. That's been announced. Well, you know that's true. Yeah, that's kind of a given. <laughs> Cobras and Fire are yep. going to be there, both of them this year. Yes. That's Loose great. Loose Cannon returns for year three. Kick ass. Age of the Rock. We just hung out with them the other night. Yep. Digital Kill the Radio stars coming back. Mm-hmm. Kiss FAQ. That's Julian Gill and his boys. Uh, the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. Yep. He made it back. Yeah, he's back for year three. That's awesome. The I Love It Loudcast. Yeah. Peter Cicery and Vinny Folletti. Great show. They 
and they came last year kind of as a new show. And then I've got other shows I'm going to be adding this week. I can announce those now. Yeah. Uh, Podcast Rock City's coming back. Kick-ass. Awesome. So that's, uh, Some yeah. of my favorite people. Yeah. Joe Polo, Sonny Pooney. Those two for sure are coming. Not sure about Jody just Come yet. On, Jody. He's going to try. Come on, Jody. And then... Um, the Ken Mills Network of Shows is coming. The KWO. So that'll fill the rest of the room. But yeah. Now, Ken Mills, Christine the Button Queen, also BJ Cramp from uh, Rock and Roll Rolls coming back. Awesome. Lee McCormick from Tramps Like Us. Right on. Matt Porter's coming back this year. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, we've got a, a lot coming. And then if you have a music podcast and, and you, you know, you're on the fence, just, you know, get signed up and join us again this year because it's going to be bigger than it was last year. I, yeah, think no it'll, I think it'll be a lot of fun. If you're impressed with some of the rock stars that are coming to it, that's a pretty prestigious list right there itself. Yeah, let's go over that. So we've got, uh, well, of course, kind of the biggest name or headliner is, right now is Michael Sweet from Striper. That's very cool. I saw that video he made. Yeah, and uh, Michael's going to be doing a couple of songs with the Rock and Roll Residents the night before and possibly doing an acoustic thing at the expo I, we're still working on that but uh jason right jason beeler from saigon kicks joining Shoot, us yeah i love saigon kick and uh Erie vaughn from danzig will be coming back love this danzig year too and Erie vaughn he was there last year he's a super cool dude and he does some really awesome artwork stuff that you can mm-hmm. buy you know wow what an amazing painting you have on your wall oh thanks that was painted by Erie vaughn from danzig yeah that's it's a good conversation how cool piece. is that you know Metal Mike bought a guitar that he painted up all skeleton-y and cool-looking. And I know that thing's hanging on his wall. Also, um, we had Todd Poole from Roxy Blue the first year. This year, we have the whole band coming. That's super awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Toby Wright will be coming back. Hell yeah. Master super producer. The man who came up with a bunch of Alice in Chains. He did Corns Follow the Leader. And, of course, Kiss Carnival of Souls. Yep. Come pick his brain. It's going to be fun to have him back. Brian Forsyth from Kicks and Rhino Bucket will be there. That's exciting. Yeah. I like that a lot. You know, Brian Forsyth was such a huge part of Kicks in their heyday mm-hmm. and went on to create some amazing music with Rhino Bucket. Yep. You know he's going to be a part of the pre-party, too. Oh, for sure. He's going to be up there rocking. You're going to get to see him playing some yep. cool stuff that you maybe never seen him play before. If yep. you love Kicks and you love Brian Forsyth, you got to make sure you're going to be there for both nights. Yeah. I mean, all these artists that were we're talking about pretty good odds we might get to see them perform at the pre-party mm-hmm. so i'm just yep. saying also uh drew and jim from Wildside are gonna come that's awesome Wildside. that's a band that rock and ron runyon's kind of brought back into everybody's hearts and minds mm-hmm. because i haven't thought about that band in forever yeah and then all of a sudden now everybody's talking about Wildside, and they're back and it's exciting and we're super excited to have them at rockin pod with us too and probably will be coming on decibel geek before the expo oh sweet so we can do an album's unleashed on that under the influence Record. Hell yeah. If you can get it, it's like 50 bucks on Amazon. I'll, yeah. I'll see if Drew and Jim can get me a copy. Um, Rick Rule from Every Mother's Nightmare will be returning this year. Shoot, yeah. That's another band that's really cool to have back. You know, they mm-hmm. were gone for a while and came back strong with that big album a couple yeah. years ago. Touring regularly. And uh, Jack Gibson from Exodus is joining us. That's cool. For the people that love the thrash metal, the heavy stuff, we got that covered for you with Jack Gibson of Exodus. We're going to be doing the Toxic Waltz all over Nashville that weekend. I know some people would definitely be doing a toxic waltz all over uh, Nashville that weekend. It's kind of stumbly. Yeah, speak, I have another podcast I'm going to be announcing probably next week that will for sure be doing a toxic waltz all over Nashville. And some of you probably know who I'm referencing. That's not a very subtle hint. No, it's not. <laughs> 
Watch out. Lock up your daughters. All right. Uh, also, Drew Fortier is coming and, back this year. And your year. alcohol cabinets. Yeah. Drew's going to come back this year from Zen from Mars I'm in Bang Tango. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. Jeremy Barber, who we just saw at the A show from Green Jello, is going to come. He's a super cool guy. Really man. nice guy. I really look forward to seeing him at the Rock and Pot Expo. And we talked to him. He's a huge Ace Frehley fan. He was so excited to be at that show yep. the other night. And we're outside in the outside lounge waiting in between bands before Ace came up. So we got to hang out with him for a little while and yep. talk to him. As cool as he is, and you guys are going to love being able to spend some time with him at Rock and Pod, too. And then the um, the name that I haven't announced, but it'll be announced by the time you hear this, because when the episode comes out, Stephen Chereau from Kick Tracy will be officially announced on Monday. Right on. And He's he, a cool dude. Yeah. I like him a lot. Me too. He was, and he said he had a great time last year, so I'm excited to have him back again. That CD I bought from him last uh-huh. year was so cool that Chris Sinzak stole it and never gave it back to me. That's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Fucker, where's my CD? <laughs> I t- I, I'll tell you what. I took it because there's no rules. See what I did there? Oh, well, had I known that. Yeah. Oh, and there, there is a one big name that will be announced pretty soon. I've confirmed this person, but I can't announce it just yet until oh, really? we're 100% ready. Yeah. Well, how about some hints? Hmm. How about some clues? Nice and subtle like the last I'd, one. I'd give you a hint, but I'm not going to take it. That's the only hint you're going to get. Yeah. I can't wait to find out who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I got to think. I think I know at least narrowed it down to a band with that one. Yeah. Oh, man. Rock and Pod 3 is going to be better than the first two years combined. It has to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited that the Hotel Marriott yeah. is going to be the place where the whole thing is. It's not like you got to go to your room and then drive back to the mm, venue and then all go there. to your room and drive back to the venue. It's all right there. So when the party's happening... And you're done. You just go up to your yeah. room, you know. And then, you, yeah, like I said, the pre-party is all right downstairs. We got yep. our own separate area. Everybody's going to be having a good time on Friday night. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go nowhere, Mm-mm. you know. So you're going to be safe. You're going to have a good time. You're yeah. going to be amongst friends and rock stars and podcasting stars. Yeah, because like I think just about all the guests are going to be staying at the hotel. So it, it you we have a discounted rooms through. You go to rockandpod.com, click on venue, and you can book a discounted room and stay there. Yep. That's your best deal. It's like one of these rock cruises for people that don't know how to swim. Yeah, it's a great. It's a rock cruise on the land. We'll totally, no one's going <laughs> to drown at Rock and Pod, well, unless it's an alcohol. Because oh, yeah. there will be a lot of there will be a, a number be of bartenders of throughout there throughout the venue. Yeah, there will be several yeah. of us trying to drown ourselves on dry yeah. land. We'll have at least two bartenders in the main convention room. It's yeah. going to be so much fun. It I'm is. excited. Oh, yeah. man, the closer we get, the more excited I am about it. Yeah, so Friday, August 9th, Saturday, August 10th, Nashville, Tennessee. Go to rockandpod.com, get more info, and uh, end of commercial. Let's get back to talking about okay. stuff. What else you got? <laughs> uh, oh, so, yeah, related to the to one of our guests, um, this and this news came out about a month ago, but it's, it's kind of new to us, is uh, Michael Sweet is doing a project with Tracy Guns called Sunbomb. Oh, really? Yeah. Tracy Guns and Michael Sweet? Yeah, it says it's a... Wow, how does that come together? Well, it says they're collaborating on a new metal project called Sunbomb. The band, which apparently also features LA Guns drummer Shane Fitzgibbon, is currently recording its debut for a late 2019 release on Frontiers. Tracy broke the news of the project's existence earlier today, writing in a tweet, so I'm in the middle of making the metal record that I would have made when I was 17 years old. The band is called Sunbomb. I really want to thank Michael Sweet for making this a reality. And, of course, Frontiers, we are on Instagram at Sunbomb. Short time later, Sweet responded saying, I'm excited to be part of it, Tracy. Who would have thought when we were young we'd be working together? 
thank you for trusting me with the vocal duties. Sun Bomb is going to be the bomb. And I've heard... Nice. Because we have a friend in uh, Nick Teeter from Frontiers Records who actually went to the Metallica show with a couple of months ago, and he kind of gave me the little scoop on it, and he said it's going to be like the heaviest thing you've probably heard either of them do. So it's it's going to be wow. uh, very outside the box for both of them. That's exciting. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear what that's going to wind up sounding like. So How can you go wrong? I mean, how can that go wrong? And a plug for uh, our friends at Cobras and Fire again, because Baco did a good interview with uh, Michael yeah. Sweet this past week, and um, he touched on that a little bit within, and I guess Michael said that Tracy came to him initially and said, I've got this new project I'm doing, and I'm going to send you a song, and would you mind doing the vocals? And Michael's like, yeah, I'll do the vocals for a song. He's like, no, I want you to do the vocals for the entire record. So he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm on board to do the whole record now. So it's uh, interesting, and they, they, they talked about the expo and everything, and uh, yeah, it's good. So he, he Michael's excited to come to Nashville, and um, yeah, just crazy, you know. Heck yeah. So like we said, if you want to have an opportunity to see Michael Sweet playing in a pretty cool, unique situation on Friday night, possibility get to hear him do a little something on saturday possible we'll see but you'll definitely have the opportunity to meet him bring mm-hmm. your striper records yep. bring your michael sweet records bring everything you got because he's going to sign it up for you and if you don't have it we got you covered because there's record vendors going to be there too so yeah. i'm sure they're going to have some striper stuff yep. for you to take and get it autographed and also for decibel geek listeners that like the albums unleashed series well we're going to do albums unleashed live with michael sweet going over the soldiers under command record that's amazing on stage ah so cool so yeah that's the perks yeah that is the perks. that's the perks right there yeah i get to pick my own panel since i'm kind of the guy putting it together so i'm right happy on. to do that all right so uh got anything left uh let's see i got something here that i saw earlier that was kind of interesting and kind of funny to me um Nikki Six had done an interview with Kerrang, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the rise of grunge and how a lot of the hard rock bands fell off after that, you know. And he said something along the lines of, I have to say that I don't think that Nirvana and Pearl Jam killed the bands you mentioned when they're talking about Poison and Warrant and bands like that. He says, I think they killed themselves. They were making copycat music. We, on the other hand, simply imploded. It's all the same, really. He's not necessarily wrong. But it's all the same, really. I mean, you can't say, you can't listen to Warren's Dog Eat Dog and say, oh, that's just some cookie cutter bullshit. There was a lot of great stuff in the early 90s, too. Yeah. (laughs) And even Poison, back when they had Richie Kotzen and were doing some experimental stuff and then ended up getting Blue Saraceno and did some really cool stuff. Mm. So I can't really say that that band was just doing cookie cutter stuff at that point either because. Those were the years when they were starting to expand and do different things. It was that whole shit was orchestrated by the record industry and the radio industry. Well, they, I think he's referring more to like the C League of, of copycat bands that copied Motley Poison. Right. Rad. Um, like the originals, they, they were still doing it, but then they got drugged down because of it too, because there were all these bands that were watering yeah, it all down. You but know? it wasn't like Motley Crue <clears throat> survived it and Poison didn't. Yeah, they Im- imploded. Sure. But not really, because they never really went away. They still kept on. They got yeah. John Karabi and kept going. Yeah, but I mean, even even if they had kept, even if they kept Vince Neil, I mean, they still would have gone through a valley because it's it's just the yeah. the tides are turning, and like you said, the, you know, the labels dictate what happens. You know, as much as we don't want to admit that. You know, where they put the marketing dollars, that shows what's going to get popular. Right. And that's what kind of made me, when I read this, what it really did was kind of triggered something in my mind and made me wonder, 
like you know we talked about recently both on decibel geek and on rock and or roll with mm-hmm. bj kahuna about dr feelgood and what a huge album that was yeah. what would have happened if instead of you know decade of decadence coming out if it would have been a whole new album with the songs that are on Decadence mm-hmm. and also the best songs off of New Tattoo, right. say, what if that album would have came out then? Would it still have been a slump for Motley Crue? Or according to this, would it have just been business as usual, I another see. number one album? It might have done well out of the gate, but I still think it would be the beginning of a slump for them. I just yeah. there was no nobody was safe from the grunge wave. I don't think so either because it was marketing dollars, right? Know? When the record company says, and the radio companies, you know, the radio stations say, "No more crew." Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know, in that and era it was, when it wasn't internet, where you could just be like, yeah. "Well, I don't have to listen to the radio. I listen to my iPod or I listen to right. this or that." You know, yeah, media was all powerful at that time. Yeah, like there was no outside source to get your stuff from. So powerful, in fact, that they could kill an entire genre that had just recently been so popular. Yeah, they held the strings. They really did. But I mean, it happens every decade. You know, right. like at the end of the seventies, when they killed disco. Well, we were know. talking about radio on the way over here about how like they still play Bush like there's some oh new God. popular band. But it was because at that time they were looking for the new Nirvana because there was no more right. Nirvana, and here is this band that sort of sounds like Nirvana. They little, were being propped, but up they're as a little, the next but thing. they're a little bit poppier, so it's a little yep. more radio friendly to everybody that maybe couldn't grasp Nirvana. Yep. and it's huge, you know. And to this day, they still try to push that on you. Yep, they were like the Nickelback of Nirvana. Totally, yes. It's just. But I remember when they were brand new, like they were a big deal, but they had a giant fucking marketing push to them. But like. I, you know, in a, to go on a radio rant, but yeah, just like you know, it's twenty years later, and the local rock station still plays them like every fucking hour, and it's I like, know, it's why weird. are they getting so much play? They haven't even been a band in like five, six years. Yeah, you know who who really is clamoring for this? Because then again, and the point to that is, I don't understand how that band does it, but every era you get your your forerunners, your yep. forefathers, you know, the guys doing it first, and then everybody that comes that second generation around. That was metal, you know, with, you know, everything. Like, you start out, like you said, with Crew, Rat, Quiet Riot, bands like that. And then Mm -hmm. the next wave came, and then the next wave came and crashed. Right. And then what came up? Grunge. So you start out with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, you know, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. And then the next wave comes. Yep. And then the next wave crashes. Yep. And then what do you got? New metal. And then you got your Corn. You got your Godsmack. You got these bands that are more popular. And then they comes the second generation and the third generation crash and it's something else. You know, I don't even know yeah. what it is now. No, I don't think it's I, anything now. I think, I think really in the latest. eyes of that, it's hmm, he almost hate to say it, but in that instance, for that situation, rock really is dead because there yeah. is no thing now. Well, and I think the internet helped kill that because it seemed I'm like sure. once the internet really exploded, you didn't see genres so much anymore or yeah. scenes anymore. Yeah, you know, it just the whole big the whole world. Got is now in your pocket, right? So it's not. They even read. There used to be regional bands, bands that were big just in the southeast, or bands that were True. big in the northwest, and you don't really have that anymore. It's 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 either all or nothing. It's all a blur now. Yep. Good thing we're here to help pick and choose some of the coolest stuff to talk about. Yep. I that was part of the motivation to start a show in the first place. Yep. It was just because you know I'm not hearing what I want to hear, and I'd like to share a lot of this stuff with other people, and then in turn, you guys that listen. 
turn us on to so much totally. stuff. Totally. Yeah, I we mean, couldn't do the show without the listeners no. that are always giving us feedback and us listening to that going, oh, I'll check that out. Oh, man, i got to play that on the show. You, you, oh, man, we got to talk yeah. about this. I mean, you benefit from listening to us, but trust me, the feeling's mutual. Yeah, We've we definitely benefited from so many listeners from, from doing this show. Oh, totally. You know, there's a lot of stuff we've played on the show where if it hadn't been for a listener saying, hey, listen to this, we would have never known about it. Exactly. That's how yeah, it works. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's like the modern-day version of taking a you know a dub cassette tape to your friend's house going listen to this it's just Indeed. on a much bigger scale also the perks yep yep that's why we love it yep well we got anything uh, else what else uh ozzy's never gonna die oh okay yes <laughs> love it as of now ozzy is still alive uh the other night we were at the show i overheard somebody again talking about van halen going on tour with both david lee roth and sammy hagar any truth to that not unless no, not unless there's going to be a murder suicide. I've been hearing that rumor forever. Yeah, it feels like every six months that rumor it's pops like the, up. It's uh, like the Motley Crue movie. Yeah. You know? It's well, one of those things that, that actually happened, it's though. bound to happen because it's been talked about for so many years, you know? I don't know. I, I think Dave, I think Sammy would absolutely tour with Dave, but I don't think Dave would ever tour with Sammy. There's, just, think, there's an ego thing there. Again, I hate when this comes up because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I don't think Dave Lee Ross should have to tour with Hagar. I don't, I don't know. I don't so much either. Beneath him. I mean, I just I think it would be a cool gimmick, but I don't know. Maybe I don't care so much nowadays. Maybe if they were both back when they were, I don't know. This is just one of those things that's burnt into my psyche that I, yeah. I, I it's like one of the things you have to hate Sammy Hagar because you love Dave Lee Roth. Yeah, and the I more strong that. your love for Dave is, the more your dislike for Sammy must be. So my love for Dave is so strong yeah. that I really don't like Sammy. Well, but. Yeah, there are a couple of Van Halen songs with Sammy on them that I think are okay. There you are know, some I like. I don't really consider that Van Halen though, because to me it's such a different. It's a very, band, it's a different you know? band. But, I hate that yeah. when a band. Boy, that's that's a, could go either way. You know, you sometimes you like look at Motley Crue '94 for example, because mm. that's such a great example for so many things. It always seems to come back up. But there you had Motley Crue, totally different band, right? Freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And you got Van Halen. You know, and I know a lot of people disagree with me when I say this, but it goes from '84 into the Sammy Hagar era, mm-hmm. not the same. You know, oh, not as good. Com- completely different type of completely music. Completely different, even. but in a bad way to me. Yeah. You know, in a bad way. So it's always like, oh man, I wish my favorite band would always stay the same. Right. Sometimes they change for the better. Sometimes they change for the worse. You know, I I think it would be an interesting gimmick if they did that. The only thing with Van Halen that would really excite me now is if they had the original lineup do a tour with Michael Anthony back on base. Yeah, that would I would I would pay top dollar to see those four guys together again. And that's because it still it hasn't be. happened. Yeah, that's the way it really should be. So I would I would like to see that. Ain't it funny? We were just talking last week about how Anthrax should do that. Oh, with the two singers. Yeah. Oh, I would love that because yeah. I love both eras so much. You know, I but think I that would be a killer see, tour. I just don't see Dave being cool with that. Oh, no. You know? I don't I think, think you'll ever see Sammy and Dave on a stage together. I don't think it happens. I don't know. They said the same thing about Vince Neil and John Karabi at one time, too. Oh, and those putting guys, both of them on Those guys together? got on a stage together, not on the tour, but they were oh. able to get on stage together and get along, and it was cool. Yeah. But everybody just assumed they hated each other. No, I don't think they hate each other. I think they like each other yeah. a lot, actually. Oh, yeah, totally. No. They both had to deal with Nikki Six, but I mean, there's a lot in common there. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't... I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see Motley try to do a tour with both of them. That would be weird. No, you know. I'd sure love to see Motley do a tour with Karabi. Oh, f- well, absolutely. See, that's what they should be doing right now. If that was my advice to Motley Crue, yeah. You know, you did say you weren't going to tour no more as Motley Crue. Change the name. Why don't you go on tour and just call yourselves 1994? That'd be cool. 
or just MC94. Everybody MC94. will understand what it is. Yeah. They, I mean, it'll probably draw as many people as it did then, though. I just, I love Krabby, but I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. I, don't think I think it would draw. I think it would draw better today because people nowadays understand what a great album Maybe. that was. It, I think they could do theaters. I don't know if they could. They do, could definitely they could do, do theaters. With it, probably not arenas. No. But they could do like Ace and Ace did the other sure. night. Places like that. Yeah, pack them in. Play big, big clubs. I, you know, I'd absolutely yeah, pay to club see shows. that. Although I love seeing Karabi just play it with the guys from the residency. I mean, they that's killed true it. too. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, um, but yeah, that's just cool. to be able to, you know, because that was such a short period in history of rock, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to see it. Right. I'd love to see it now. Well, I've got a new story that I just thought of that I, I heard about recently. Apparently, Brian Johnson is back in ACDC. That's right. I was going to ask you about that because yeah. I've been hearing rumors about that that there's going to be a new album new coming album. out and another tour. And new album has Phil Rudd back on drums too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if Cliff Williams came and, back for bass though. And I, I also he heard that there were some songs that were already pre-written by Malcolm Young yes. that are going to be on yep. this album. Which that's that's the great album news. is essentially a tribute to Malcolm Young. And also heard that this is they're saying going to be their last album. Oh, I'm, I would I'd say that's a safe bet at yeah. their age. Yeah, and I think Angus without Malcolm Angus probably doesn't want to go that go on that much further. Yeah, because you know they were so tied at the hip the whole time. But um, but yeah, I man, I guess this is part of getting old. But uh, I feel sad. Like we we're just talking about Ozzy. Like I don't want to ever live in a world without Ozzy, but I don't want to live in a world without ACDC. And I don't want to live in a world without Kiss, you know, and all these bands <laughs> that are... we're going to have to. <laughs> I know, it sucks. <laughs> but, I mean, if ACDC comes anywhere close to this area, I, I'll, I'll travel to go see that, if yeah. it's, if it's, especially if it's their last tour, because yeah, I, I would love to see them to. live. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear Brian's back in the band. I think Axel did a fine job for them, but, I, you know, it, it feels right that he's back in the band. Has there been, speaking of that, any new news on any new Guns N' Roses music? Just, I think I've heard the same stuff you have. You like know, a while ago, Duff they, said he heard some new songs he and they said, sounded pretty yeah, cool. I know there is material. I just don't know when it's going to get done or yeah. if it'll get done. You know, there's a lot of what ifs with Guns N' Roses. I think Duff's out right now doing shows with Shooter Jennings. Yeah, that's kind of an odd pairing. Yeah, he's coming here soon. I yeah, think. yeah, he's like an acoustic tour. That's wild. But uh, love Duff McKagan. It'd be interesting to hear what they could pull out with the the lineup. I, I would hope Adler and Izzy are involved in some fashion, um, especially with the writing. Yeah, but we'll I hope see. So. Let's see. Any new stories about uh, bands with multiple personalities or multiple memberships? Or that always seems. Talk about, I'm guns. talking about Rat and LA Guns. <laughs> I know. Like, L.A. Guns just played M. Th- well, a version of L.A. Guns played M. Three. We haven't weekend. had another version of L.A. Guns in a while. Yeah. So what just, is this, like Mark Fifty Two? Steve Riley and Kelly Nichols are in the version that played M. Three. I don't remember who else was in the band for this one, but they basically did it as a response to Phil and Tracy telling M. Three to fuck off after last year. What happened last year? Something with their time slot. Like they weren't happy with their time slot or something and they bailed on doing the doing the event and then oh, I think wow. I heard Phil say in an interview that like they would never play M three again. So serious Steve Riley was like, Well if you won't then we will. So I think it was so what do they call it? They call it L.A. Gun because Steve Riley and Tracy share ownership in the name, yeah. so they can honestly so legally, both they use can it. Both go out. Yeah, I guess that's why there's been all these different versions yeah. of L.A. Guns over the years is different levels of membership. It's just how, why can't those guys just bury the hatchet and then Riley join back in with them and just be L.A. Guns again? Because you already got Kelly Nichols back, so so the M3 already happened. Yeah, it ha- well, it finished up today, I think. 
I wonder how they did. I wonder what they sounded like. If Steve Riley still got it. I'll have to check. I don't know. When he's not busy being the Crypt Keeper, I'm sure he's working on his drumming. That's good. It's always weird, though. And then Rat, they got what's going on with them? It's Steven and Juan have a version of Rat now with these young guys. They call it the new breed of Rat. The new breed of Rat. Yeah. And they're playing mostly casinos and fairs, it looks like, right now. So that's where the money that's is. That's the only way you're going to get the rat. pay well from Oh, totally. That Corey Taylor thing where he was doing the poison cover. It was yeah. in a casino somewhere in I mean, Iowa. Our generation is, we're, we're getting to be the baby boomer type generation. So well, we have the me, money to go to casinos let now. Let me get up off this uh, one arm <laughs> bandit here for yep. a minute and wander over in the other room and catch me some poison. Yeah. But I. I've heard nothing about Warren D. Martini. I think I think he's happily off the road. He does. Yeah. He just didn't like touring, you know. And maybe you know, maybe Jeff Tate can get him a job in Europe. He, he doesn't need a job. You know who he's married to, right? Uh uh-uh. uh He's married to the heiress for the Mars Candy Corporation. Oh wow! So he's got he's like a millionaire just by marriage and all the chocolate bars. And all the chocolate you ever he wants. Want. So yeah, he he doesn't need the money. And like I heard that you know he did go out on tour a few years ago when they started touring again. Yeah. And from what Stephen Piercy said in interviews, he was just like, Warren's not accustomed to, you know, riding in the bus and dealing with shitty hotels. And he's just like, he, does, he doesn't need to live that life, so he doesn't right. want to do it anymore. You know, and it doesn't pay his, the rat shows don't pay nearly what he's already got. So he's just like, right. why am I so doing this? You would do it. The only reason you would do it then is because it's fun and it's awesome. But I don't think it's fun for him anymore. But then you feel bad because your friends are all riding in the bus and you're flying, you know, yeah, your I personal mean, jet to the that next been <laughs> That might have been the case. I don't know. You're like, honey, I would take the personal jet, but I mean, the other guys are riding on the stinky old bus, and yeah. if I take the jet, I'm going to look like an asshole, so I guess I'm going to ride the bus with these guys. Yeah. I don't want to. And Bobby Blotzer, I've heard he got divorced recently and lost his court case against Stephen and Juan, and he's not doing too well, apparently. Dang. I hate that for him, you yeah. know, because people say he's a decent guy. Bobby Blotzer? Yeah. I've heard that. Well, John Karabi worked with him. Who else was telling us he's a really cool guy? The people that say he isn't far outweigh the ones who say he is. Really? Oh, yeah. He's got a terrible reputation. I don't, I've don't. i never met the man, so I no, can't I've judge. I've never met him either. But I've heard some pretty horrific things about him. Well, hit us up on the Facebook page. Let <laughs> us know if you ever met Bobby Blotzer and how he treated you. Yeah, let us know. We want to decide for ourselves. Is he a nice guy or is he an asshole? You know, it's it's kind of a split consensus. We'll do a poll. Yeah, let's do a poll. <laughs> You can only answer with your honest opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Rat is dysfunctional as as ever. Yeah. Almost uh, as bad as L.A. Guns. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Anything else to hit on or I think we good? Uh, Let's see. Yep. Ozzy's doing good. Um, Yeah. I can't think of nothing else. I think that's good for today. All right. Well, there's been your new noise. I don't know what episode this is. I don't know what volume it is, but I'm sure all all that'll be in the show notes. (laughs) You know, of course, as always, thank you guys for listening to the Decibel Geek podcast. Um, So much fun. Got some cool prizes getting ready to be mailed out to some of our VIPs. Mm -hmm. One won a ACDC book, yep. and the other one won some Motley Crue puffy stickers. From Shout at the Devil era. These things are freaking antiques. That's a definite blast from the past. I'm sending those things all the way to Australia, <laughs> where they never had puffy stickers. That's true. I don't know if that is true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it is either. All right, well, what, what kind of news show is this? I don't know. Well, let's go out on a song. What do you want to play to go out on? Oh, man. Let's see. We talked about so many different bands today. Um, I wish we could. Can we just. Can we play Corey Taylor singing a poison song? 
we can try. Is it on the YouTube? I don't know. That? I'm going off your lead with that one. Okay, I have no idea. Okay, if if this isn't a live version of Corey Taylor, then how about the new song from the Wild Hearts? I like it. Okay, cool. Go buy yourself some new Wild Hearts music. Yes. Bisto Blanco's got a new album coming out, too. Check that out. Oh, they do. <laughs> I said, you want to have some fucking fun out there? Let's see what you got on this. You ready?
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 